key to, however, finding these audiences is being authentically you. And I've said this a hundred times before, and you know that I don't love the word authentic because I feel like it's so overused. I just want you to be you in as much you-ness as you can. We both know you're meant for more, which is why you need to work with a marketing agency that is unashamedly better. At Birdcage Marketing, we work with brands of all shapes and sizes all over the globe across all different industries to share our systematic approach to digital marketing. Whether we're writing your strategy, designing your brand on your website, mentoring you to do it all yourself or managing your campaigns for you, our systematic approach to digital marketing is grounded in marketing psychology and powered by our passion to always be better. If that's good enough for you, then book your discovery call now. We do have limited availability across most of our services. So don't procrastinate, guys. Let's get this going. Welcome to the Not So Kind Regards podcast, where we are done with the digital fluff and pleasantries and are here to talk straight about business building, digital marketing, and personal growth. I'm your host, Maddie Birdcage, and today we are talking about a post of mine that went viral this week. It was the post of me in the Qantas business class lounge in Sydney, comparing the fact that there were some very serious businessmen doing very serious work, many of them talking very loudly and seriously and being really annoying, whilst I was just sitting there with my glass of wine watching the planes take off. But because I post to TikTok and amongst other platforms, it means that I can do that and I don't need to be there coming back from a work trip Thursday, 6.30pm, I don't need to be barking down the phone at people because that's not how I make money. And that's not how anyone who's a digital entrepreneur needs to be making money. And actually, I'm not really sure that's how a lot of these people make money either. I do feel like a lot of it was very performative. They wanted to conform to this idea of what successful business people look like. Because personally, I don't know about you guys, but anytime I've been in the lounge and I need to make a call, I excuse myself. I sat in one of the booths where you're meant to have phone calls, or I've sat in a corner away from everyone else. I didn't sit in the middle of the bloody lounge yelling at Andrew down the phone, telling him he has to be on a 6.30 p.m. Zoom call or else. That literally was the conversation that was happening next to me. So in this episode, we are going to be exploring how to be happy and get rich at the same time, which... It is something that I'm really passionate about talking about because I feel like this is actually what Birdcage stands for. What this post has actually done for me amongst give me a bloody headache from all the hate comments, the post has really made me realize and helped me to articulate the fact that that is what we are striving for. We are ourselves building a business where we prioritize our happiness and our well-being, but we also make bulk coin doing it. And that is what we're trying to achieve for our clients as well. Because what is interesting, and this is something that we have realized as a result of these internal conversations about the meta meaning behind this post, is that a lot of our clients, especially at the moment, are ex-corporate or they are ex-business leaders who have all left these high-pressure more traditional roles in order to focus on growing, making a living from their passion project and they're doing it. Even before our help, they are on their way to doing it and as soon as they put some birdcage rocket fuel under their bums, they are really, really doing it. They are sometimes replacing their annual salary in a month by doing what they truly love and that shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't be surprising that If you are happy and you love doing something, that you do it really well. The very idea that you should hate work or it's this thing that you have to do 
or it's this thing where it's a necessary evil. If that is you and that is how you're living your life, let me introduce you to digital entrepreneurship. Don't get me wrong. My favorite saying is we all have to eat a shit sandwich. You just get to choose what flavor shit you're going to eat because there are ups and downs for working in corporate. There are ups and downs for working in digital. There are ups and downs being an entrepreneur versus being an employee. Nothing is perfect, but if you can spend 80% of your life doing what you love, then I think that is a life well spent. What do you think? In today's episode, I want to cover this idea of the evolution of work and what we think work is versus what it can actually be as long as you embrace these new tools that we have available. I want to look at the power of authenticity as well and this idea that you can find your people through the digital tools we have available if done right. I also want to address some of the skeptics that left comments on my posts. A lot of these negative posts are very similar in nature. And so I think I'm going to be able to round them up very quickly. I want to set these people straight. I doubt any of those bros are listening to this podcast, but if you are, welcome. And I want to look at the importance of standing for something and this idea that getting negative comments, well, I guess this idea of haters make you famous and why you should actually be embracing this. Let's first look at this evolution of work. As I did already mention, I think we all have this idea from maybe our parents or maybe you are a little bit older than I am and that is just the generation you were raised in, but that you have to work. I have always worked. I've worked since I was 14 and nine months. My first job was in a fruit market and that was something that was really important. I come from working parents. They own their own business, but they worked up until only recently and everyone around me always had to work. So yes, there is this idea that we have to work to make money. We live in a capitalistic society, which I'm totally cool with. I love material things. But just because we have to work doesn't mean that we have to work in something that we hate to do. Of course, there are circumstances where if you are living in desperation and you don't have your basic needs met and you have to take any job that you have available in order to feed your young family or just have a roof over your head, of course, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that next stage after our basic needs are met, you can then have the power to choose how you spend your working life. You do have the power to choose. Think about that again. You have the power to choose how you spend your working life. No one is chaining you to a desk. I also believe in this concept that could we just for one minute imagine if everyone stopped doing the work they were doing, right? Everyone in the world, we just stopped the work we were doing. And then we all said, okay, I'm going to only do the thing that I feel passionate about. We're going to swap jobs and everyone's going to swap into the job that they actually feel passionate about, right? Imagine what a better world that would be. Like really imagine if everyone was doing the job that they felt so passionate about, imagine how much better the world would be. Imagine how much more productive people would be, how much happier people would be and therefore nicer people would be to each other, how much better family life would be because we're coming home to our families after spending a day doing something we love to do. Could you just imagine that world? Now, the haters are going to say, yeah, but someone has to clean the toilets or someone has to do the crap jobs. I do believe that there are people in the world, it may not be their passion, but for whatever reason, doing those jobs that a lot of us would not love to do, for a lot of people, that is actually something that they want to do. 
For example, you might say, oh, but no one wants to be a cleaner. I know plenty of people that would love to clean. I do. But maybe because they think that, oh, cleaning, it's not a high status job. Maybe because of that, they are actually working in as a receptionist, for example. But they hate being a receptionist. They would actually prefer to clean and organize people's homes. And then there's other aspects as well that we need to consider, and that is conditions. So let's just say, for example, cleaning allows a single mum to schedule work around her kids or even bring her kids to jobs. That's what our cleaner, we have no problem. She brings her kid to the studio all the time. The kid just plays in the studio and that's totally cool. And I'm so happy for that to happen because she does a great job. But it's like cleaning may not necessarily be her passion, but her children are her passion. And if she's able to bring in good money by working around her kids and being present for her kids, then cool. Then that is the job for her. The reality is we don't have to be doing the stuff that we don't want to do. You don't have to do it. Which leads me to my next point about the power of authenticity and the power of being you, absolutely you. Social media has allowed us to reach audiences that we would never have reached in the past. This is a good example because my husband is one of these. Weather. You love reading weather maps. You love predicting when cyclones are going to hit. You just love everything about weather, right? So my husband followed this guy and I think he was a tradie or something. And then he went full time into his weather predicting business where he makes weather videos every single day. He now supports his family from talking about the weather on the internet. I wouldn't have thought that was a thing, but it is. You can literally find an audience that is interested in the micro niche interests that you have, you can now reach them because of the power of the internet. And that is why we've had this revolution from needing to work these jobs that we hate and being so serious about it and just hating on life. You can now quite literally go on the internet, talk about something you're passionate about. And if you are clever, you can monetize that in whichever way. And you can then make a business and make a living out of that. Obviously, the key here is if you are clever, you can monetize that. And the argument could be, yeah, well, not everyone who talks about weather is necessarily good at business. And yes, I agree with that. But guess what? You can go and talk to people like me who are good at business and are good at marketing and are good at monetizing audiences to then help you monetize your audience. And this is what I mean. If everyone was working in the jobs they were absolutely passionate in, we would have a better world. That's what I believe. And really, that is, I guess, somewhat our mission here, what we're trying to do, because we are helping people go from their corporate jobs into building up their side hustle or into a full-time job or going from being stay-at-home parents to actually then being able to make money from the comfort of their home while their kids nap. That is something that we do all the time, every single day, and I'm so happy that we do. The key to, however, finding these audiences is being authentically you. And I've said this a hundred times before, and you know that I don't love the word authentic because I feel like it's so overused. I just want you to be you in as much you-ness as you can. When I am me, I piss a lot of people off, but guess what? I also make a lot of people love me and love my business and love what I'm doing because I'm not being vanilla. Nobody can feel passionate about what you are and what you have to stand for and what you're saying if you're not saying anything that's different or if you're not saying anything that doesn't get some for or against opposition. It is very important for you to not just tune into your passion, but to get really clear on exactly what is your polarizing belief. And I talk about this and I teach this in Birdcage Marketing School, the importance of having a polarizing belief because that is what is going to make people fall in love with you. 
Now, the other aspect of this as well is you need to be authentically you. So whether that's, you know, in the early days of my TikTok, I was showing up in my PJs drinking wine on the couch. That was the type of person that I was back then. I did drink every night and I did sit in my pajamas on the couch and have these thoughts. And that's what I posted. And that's why people resonated with me because they knew I wasn't trying to play pretend. These days, my content has become much more high production value, but that is also authentically me who I am now. I myself have had an evolution and that's okay. And therefore, a lot of my content reflects that evolution. I love using all these different lights. I love looking at mics and audio. I love optimizing and I love things getting better. That is who I am authentically. And so it's natural to understand that my content is also going to evolve over time, but I'm still being authentically me. Now, this idea of being authentically me and having people either love you or hate you, that is the objective. That is what you need to be doing with your social media. I don't really care how you do it, but people need to love or hate you. That's how strongly they need to feel about you. In terms of what we stand for, because I'm going to give you some tangible examples, what we stand for is this idea of, well, our theme for 2024 is success on our terms. So it's this idea of building a business to be successful to get rich, to help clients, but doing it our way. We want to do it our way. That means we are prioritizing creating content in order to attract clients. We are using platforms like TikTok, which I mean, traditionally is a dance app, I suppose. We are using TikTok in order to grow a very successful business and it's working. The other thing is we currently don't have any full-time employees in the business. We haven't for a very long time. In fact, we currently only have casual or permanent part-time employees. And that is because for me, it's important that I give the right people and the good people the environment they need in order to be successful, in order to thrive. And for most of the people that work for me, they have younger children. And so working school hours and then maybe catching up a little bit in the evening, I don't love them doing that. I think work-life balance is important, but I understand myself. I do it. It just helps to stay on top of things and get ahead. We actually pushed through just as much work as I'd say any full-time employee does. So it absolutely has not affected productivity in any way. And if anything, we are more productive, but it's not a bad thing that we don't have full-time employees in the business. When I first realized it, I did get a bit weird about it. And I thought, oh my God, there's no one here with their eye on the prize except me and things are going to fall apart. But then one of my staff members, Caroline, she actually pointed out, hey, well, this is just a more feminine way of doing business where you can be flexible and you don't have to sit at your desk nine to five. You can do 9.30 till 2.30 and get just as much work done. And so that's what we do now. But you can see how this idea of what we stand for, it flows through every aspect of the business. It flows through the content that we share. Obviously, that viral post, that is an example of that. It flows through the type of flexibility we allow for our team. It flows through to the types of benefits that we have as well. For example, the business pays for an employee assistance program where we pay for our employees to have confidence coaching, mindset coaching, psychology, occupational therapies, all of these sessions to make them better and happier at work. Obviously, from a business perspective, it helps happy people are productive that helps, but it's also about looking after their mindset. But if I were to tell somebody with a very fixed mindset about business that I don't currently have any full-time employees in the business, they may think that we're not serious about what we do, or they may think that the business isn't hugely profitable or we don't make a lot of money. 
which also is not true. Or they may think that we are less than an agency full of full-time workers, which again is also not true because we are smarter than the average bear and more productive than average teams. And so we don't need to sit at our desk full-time because we can get the work done in a shorter amount of time. This idea of this fixed mindset, I'm obviously not trying to attract these types of people to my business and you can clearly see that through my content. Now, unfortunately, when a video does perform well and it probably, I'd say when it hits probably even over 150K views, well, depending on your niche, but for me, if if a video goes over 150K, the hate comments will start to arrive. And this video actually got those comments earlier than other posts of mine when if you actually watch the video, I don't think at any time I ever said that what these serious businessmen were doing was bad. I was purely displaying that they are very serious, but my business is making good money for me not being ultra serious all the time or working ridiculously long hours. So let's, for some fun, jump in and have a look at some of the comments that have been left on that post because there have been some wild ones, but they have largely followed a very similar tone because these bros just copying each other really. Okay. So the biggest one and one that's probably annoyed me the most is this idea where they're saying, yeah, well, they're serious because they make 10 times the money you do. Now, first of all, user 7535247 with no posts and no followers. First of all, their finances, but also mine because I dare say that I make more money than a lot of people sitting in that lounge, if not a similar amount. But also, who cares? (laughs) Who really cares? Because this is this idea of success on your terms. Success doesn't need to just be money. For some people, for a lot of people, actually, if you were to start paying them a million dollars a year, they would probably become less happy than what they are. And we think, oh, no, how could you be unhappy with a million dollars a year? That's a lot of money to manage. That can potentially cause a lot of problems in amongst your family and your friends. That if you start to spend that money and buy assets, that's a lot of homes, boats, cars, things that you need to maintain, keep clean, look after, which therefore means that you need to employ household staff. And let me tell you, managing household staff is a lot more challenging than managing business place staff. I very much struggle with managing our housekeepers and our home services because, I don't know, I feel like there's just there's more flexibility that needs to come with that. It's not like a typical business arena and it can be challenging. But that's what I mean where I'm saying just earning money is not the only sign of success because for a lot of other people, for our clients, for example, an indicator of success would be that They were able to quit their corporate nine to five and now they only work two days a week. And yeah, they may have only just replaced their corporate salary. Let's just say they're even making a six-figure salary in corporate. They jump across, they grow their own business, they make the same amount, but hey, they're working half as much and they're working on things that they actually really love. That is success for them. For a new mother, success for her might be that her business runs largely without her so that she can be at home with her baby. Or same for a father, it's that he's able to do school pickups and school drop-offs every day because he can work school hours. Or for other people, it could be that your business allows you to travel the world as a tax deduction or that you get to buy particular products and get particular services as part of your functions as a business and therefore all of that is paid for. I've worked with people like that as well where their objective was actually not to pull an income from their business, it was to pay 
for their life. So this idea that, oh, well, they make more money than you, that is complete bullshit. Because first of all, you have no evidence, my friend. And also like, oh my God, who cares? Just because someone might make more money, why does that mean they have to be serious? Is there a rule? I didn't know there was a rule around that. Okay. The next comment that I got quite a bit was that TikTok will change and you'll be washed up. And I think this is from people that wrongly assume who didn't even bother click through to my bio that I am a TikTok influencer and that I, all I do is make videos and post on TikTok and I don't actually have a business that I'm actually promoting. Now, don't get me wrong, love influencers. I follow a lot of them and I think that they are doing some amazing work. They are putting themselves out there and they are breaking down barriers and they are redefining digital entrepreneurship in a completely different way. But that is not how I'm actually doing it. I don't consider myself an influencer. And this is a lot of our clients as well. They don't consider themselves influencers, but they do want to be influential in order to change behavior and drive purchasing behavior towards their businesses. And that's what I'm doing. The argument there could also be, yeah, well, TikTok's going to eventually die. And then what? Well, guess what? I was doing this before TikTok arrived and I'm going to keep doing it after TikTok leaves. And that is the power of the formula that we use, the fact that we are platform agnostic and it doesn't matter what platform comes along or dies, we can just apply what we're doing to the new platform. That's why we have future-proofed our formula and that's why our clients and our students love the formula so much because it doesn't matter what platform you want to use, the approach is the same. The next comment, which I mean flattering, but they're assuming that I'm on OnlyFans and that's how I make my money, which I mean cute. And again, absolutely no hate for people on OnlyFans. You do what you got to do, but that is not what I do. I help people grow their businesses, <laughs> clearly. And then the other comment that I got a lot is like, why are you hating on these people? They're just workers trying to get their job done. And it's like, well, I don't actually think I'm hating on them. I think I'm just showcasing a difference and the evolution that has happened where you don't need to be sitting in a business lounge at 6.30 on a Thursday night barking down the phone if you are in this world of digital entrepreneurship and leveraging social media tools that are available today. All right, so let's look at some strategies that you can implement based on this idea of how to be rich and be happy. And I have dropped little nuggets of advice throughout this whole episode, but in summary, you need to leverage digital platforms. If you know how to use social media platforms, email marketing platforms, website platforms, paid ad platforms, search engines even, if you know how to leverage them, you can command attention and you can transform that attention into money. The best way to do that is to authentically be yourself. Don't follow what other creators are doing. Don't just look at the latest tactics and do that. Do you be as you as possible. And you probably have to peel back some onion layers to find out who the real you actually is, because most of us are walking around with some sort of a mask. But the more you remove that filter, the more that you stand for something, the more people will love or hate you. And the hate is okay because it means that there are people that are going to love you as well. And they're not necessarily the ones that are commenting on your posts. They more likely are the ones that just kind of sit back and give you a like. Finally, if you want to be rich and happy, you need to make sure you are taking care of your mental well-being. And this is what I mean when I talk about being resilient in terms of dealing with hate comments online because they are coming. If you are doing it right, the hate comments are coming or they're already here and you need to be okay with managing that and have some strategies around how to manage that. And I'm going to talk about that in the next episode after you've gone viral, what to do next. 
But I would love to hear your stories about how you have leveraged the power of digital entrepreneurship and of social media platforms and how you are now living out your passion. Because I would actually love to interview people who have gone from their corporate or their job that they hated into doing their passion project full time. I'd love to have you as a guest on this podcast. So make sure you reach out to us via DM or comment on one of our posts on social media. Let us know if that is you and tell us about your story because I think it is so important and we are on a mission to make more people living out their best lives by working on what they are passionate about, not by being miserable sitting at their day job. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Not So Kind Regards podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would really appreciate if you left a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. It helps us to grow as a brand new podcast and to help many more business owners and content creators reach their goals, just like we hope this brought you one step closer to yours. Remember, connect with us on TikTok at Maddie Birdcage and at Birdcage Marketing and the same handles on Instagram again. And if you really want to learn how to work with us, make sure you head to our website and book a call. We would love to speak with you.